It's the rock music, the sports card strategy show, episode 50. Congratulations. We did it. Dude, why didn't you tell me my thing was a mess over here? Oh, you look great, man. You're in the number one host slot on the left, and I'm on the right today. This is You nice. know what that means? It means I showed up early. You showed up early. You beat me here, which is which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Monday. Uh, we're both busy days, dude. Both of us have incredibly busy days. That's why we are on a different time schedule today than normal. So maybe we'll have some different dudes. Maybe we'll have some uh, people coming in here we'd have never met before. Yeah, usually when we switch up the times, we get some different peeps, and uh, it's exciting to welcome some new listeners to the stream. And uh, Monday, October 3rd, great to see you, and uh, great to talk sports cards. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com, and he's Kendall McKee with Wild Cards uh, on Facebook. And uh, they do some box breaking of all sports, but he also is with JustBaseball.com and NoOffSeason.com, of course, my regular co-host here on the flagship show. And um, yeah, we got a lot to talk a lot to talk about today. And want to want to know uh, from the audience what you think of the show, what questions you have for us. So jump on in here. We're gonna get right back to you. Uh, Kendall, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that uh, if you're not already a premium member at nooffseason.com, you can go premium free for a year. Just email me at paul at nooffseason.com to find out how I'm going to hook you up. And of course, to our current premium subscribers, I'm going to hook you up as well. So feel free to email me also. Hook you up. <laughs> you up. Something nice. Um you got anything to say before we jump right into L of the week? I know sometimes you you have a little commentary or something on your mind. Not today. Not today. Not today. All right, we'll get into it. So L of the week. My L of the week is people who are overcomplicating sports card investing. And I say this from a helpful standpoint. I don't mean to be critical. So I may come across as critical. And I'm just going to preemptively apologize for that. Because um, a, lot of, a lot of people are new to sports card investing. Um, I, I kind of knew this would happen. I was new a couple years ago and I could kind of see the trend of, you know, people in their late thirties, early forties, like me coming into the hobby and the business of sports card investing after finding their old sports card collection, kind of being rejuvenated from when they were a kid. And there's a lot of learning going on, which is, which is great. Um, and so I don't mean to be critical because I have learned by doing a lot of wrong things, sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose over the last two years. And one of the things that is the biggest takeaway for me is that actually to make money on sports cards, it's very, very simple. We talk about it a lot on the show. It's buying at the right time and selling at the right time. And then picking the player and picking the sport is in line with that. Like it all, it all has to go together, but, but timing is the most important thing. And so I think I'm going to give a specific example of my L of the week because I got much love for our audience and I really just want to help everybody as best as I can. And one of our audience members sent me this video to look at. I'm going to share my screen. And for those of you who are listening uh this is a a video 
by sports card investor Jeff Wilson. And as many of you know, like we're partners with sports card investor. I write two weekly articles for for their website uh, as a guest contributor. And um, they're obviously a part, we're, we're an affiliate partner for their marketmoversapp.com product. And you can use the promo code NOOFFSEASON if you want to get your first month for only $1. They put out a lot of great content. This video with Brett Oppenheim from the Oppenheim Group is an example of a great video that they put out. Here's why it's my L of the week. It's, and you can see, you can read my, go to this video and you can read my exact comment. But essentially what I'm saying is that this video is far better entertainment than it is an actual sports card investing strategy. The reason why I believe this is because this, this guy, Brett Oppenheim, is obviously very intelligent, very intelligent businessman. He knows what he's doing in terms of investing. He knows he probably knows what he's doing in terms of sports card investing. He's talking about vintage soccer being the next great way to spend your money in sports card investing. The danger here is that he's taking a lot of data from a lot of different places, and he's making a big assumption that this is going to be the case. And he's, he's somebody who reeks to me of someone who hasn't really ever sold sports cards. Like they, they, he hasn't really ever gotten down into the weeds of flipping sports cards. And the reason why I believe this is dangerous is because you can't look at the sports card market, see the graphs and charts, and all of a sudden equate the sports card market with other markets and the way that other markets have moved. It's just not the same thing. Sports cards, they are liquid, but they're not as liquid. You actually have to be able to sell them, which is a whole other thing than buying them. And so if you're looking at all this data, this historical data like Brett's doing in this video about, like, for example, I'm going to shorten it for you. He looks at the size of the, the fans of global soccer. He looks at the, the, the size of the fans of the other major sports. He looks at some transaction history in soccer, looking at like narrowing things down to like the top uh, 100 cards and the top 100 cards from the NFL and the top 100 cards from the NBA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he makes assumptions that vintage soccer is going to be movable in the way that these other sports have been movable. And Kendall, you and I have seen really the only, the only players that, that have true markers for whether or not they're going to move up or down consistently are active ultra modern players. And sometimes guys like the LeBron James and the Tom Brady's of the world that are still active goats. So I think it's very, very dangerous for people to jump on these types of videos. And, and I think this guy's just overcomplicating sports card investing. He wants to buy cards. He wants to sit back and he wants to watch the graphs and charts move up and to the right. And I just don't think that the world of sports card investing works this way. I think you have to work to earn your money. You have to work to understand what, what cards are going to move up and down within the next six to 18 months and why that's going to happen. And then you have to be willing to be active in the market consistently like a day trader is on the stock market to actually make money and get your money out at the right time so that you can reinvest. You can't just treat sports card investing like a mutual fund or a 401k where you just set it and forget it and assume that it's going to move up. I just don't see it that way. So that's my L of the week. I'm going to shut up and let you comment on that and tell me what your L of the week is. Um, 
I mean, I think that goes really closely with the uh, the new collectibles guru stat that I shared with you today or yesterday. There's like reason number 652 that I'm bullish on soccer cards. PSA graded more 2019 Prism basketball cards, and they graded 626,000 plus in the 2019 Prism than all soccer cards combined, which ended up being a little um, under 600,000. Uh, so, um, of course, we've gone over these statistics are kind of just flashy rather than uh, like... There is a narrative being said here, but, you know, it's kind of like they're just comparing like wild things to get interactions, which um, I mean, which is that's his game. I get it. But <laughs> I think this is a little bit about the same topic about what you're talking about. The only thing that I would say that is that is different than what you said was if you are investing in vintage sports cards for the most part people that have are in the sports card market especially from the last year and a half are very new traders they're retail traders they've come in and they realized that they had some cards that and for from for the first time ever guys that did nothing but watch sports center for like the last 20 years of their lives now have this inside track into understanding the world of sports and which players are going to be valuable and so you've got these guys that are flipping Zions and, you know, Trevor Lawrence and these ultra modern cards because there's other people that are in that same vein. And it's kind of just like passing money around like no one's actually making money. They're just passing it around, I guess, if that makes sense. But then from an investment perspective, you kind of uh, with the vintage, I think it, like we're using the same word, but I don't think it's the same thing. Like vintage investing is like, like that's a different person yeah. than than the the flippable guy. So like for instance, when we're talking about most of our clientele, Paul, uh, other than you know like Paul Fisher, it is basically like uh, in in probably the fifty to five hundred range per card. You know, like I would say, if you're investing in vintage soccer cards in the way that this video is presenting itself you're probably investing in the way megas, you know? And so I can, see, I can see how if you're investing in the mega stuff, you're just trying to have uh, some sort of asset that won't lose value. Like, I think that's the point they're trying okay. to yeah. make rather than like, yeah, you're going to make it big by investing in this Pele card, but you have to pay, you know, uh 15 grand to get it or something you know it's like okay well that's like half of, oh, probably 75 percent of the people that watch um these videos probably don't have that to move yeah you know and so it's it's just, like you said it's entertainment at that point because I think it's great entertainment it's great data and i and i don't mean to slam i think you bring up a great point kendall like it, it is it's a different it's a different thought process and i think it's dangerous to cross over it's dangerous to sort of not know who you are. Yeah. And then it's cool to figure out who you are. Like take as much time as you need figuring out who you are. But if you don't know who you are yet, like don't, don't go buy any of this vintage soccer stuff based on this video. I think these guys would tell you the same thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, we almost need like, um, oh, here's a good segue. It's almost like we need portfolio consultants. Yes. Almost. But that is... It that is a that's a little I'm spilling the tea a little bit there. 
Yeah. So what, so what, I think you made a great point kind of complimenting, but, but, but like offsetting appropriately what I was talking about with my L of the week. It's just, my L of the week is just don't like, don't just like take all of this data and get paralyzed by it. And also don't take this data and, and like think that it's actually going to work this way because yeah. I'm not confident that it is. I'm far more confident that what Kendall and I put out on this show, there's a whole reason why nooffseason.com is focused around ultra modern. And it's because my confidence level is very, very high helping our audience make money off of the ultra modern plays. And the reality is on the vintage plays, there just aren't enough liquid transactions consistently up and to the right all the time for me to be like, okay, this is definitely going to continue to move in this direction. I just, I just don't know, you know, I just don't know it as well as some other people do. So I'm not as confident in it and I'm not going to, I'm not going to endorse it. Like if somebody comes to me and says, should I buy vintage soccer? Uh, because because the global markets because all these other things outside of sports cards yeah. I'm I'm not going to necessarily endorse it so that's all I'm saying is be careful with it so um, Ian Wingate's jumping into the show saying uh, nobody actually listens to this guy right I hope he's I hope he's not talking about me maybe he is uh, <laughs> Ian thanks for joining the show man we love we would love any feedback positive or negative or constructive that you may have but uh, definitely a new name here and and uh, we love the new names joining the show so. Thanks for hopping in, my man. Kendall, what else you got for us? Uh, my L of the week was simply the Tua injury. Like, um, the way that that happened on Thursday Night Football I, and the way that it happened, like, when they just showed it over and over and over, like, it just it was an ugly look for multiple franchises. Like, it was an ugly look for the Dolphins. It was an ugly look for Amazon. It was an ugly look for – there was just the the doctors that already one's been fired, all that. Um and so like it was it was an ugly look for a ton of people i really feel for tua um and you know like that's a scary injury it's brought on by two head injuries happening really close to each other um and i'm not speaking as a professional in the medical field but i am knowing that like when you see something like that on a quarterback that's already had a lot of speculation of injury you're going to see a massive dip in his market i think we're it'll remain to be seen um what the like so when they come out with like when is Tua going to be back type thing I think that'll determine how far his drops is like I think right now people are not selling because they're like okay I know it looks bad but like he could be back in two weeks totally but, yeah. but like what if what if the news comes out where it's like yeah he's having you know like you hear about people that like can't ever focus again or something like that like what if that's some of his issues and he never plays football again I mean that's still a possibility not a likely one but still a possibility. And so I think if that news were to come out or whenever the news does come out, I think um, no matter what, I think we do see a drop in two of cards and um, that's a, that's an L of the week. Um, now, now previously I did have a ton of money invested into it in like 2020. And then I lost the bag completely uh, and had to sell just to recoup some stuff. Cause I was in, I was way underwater in 2021. So I've been there before and been burnt by a Tua injury in the past. And uh, so I'm just feeling for people that reinvested in him this year, thinking he was going to be great. They didn't sell in week one, two, three, like we told you, like we said to. 
and uh and now they're just holding two of cards praying that he's not out for life so that's yeah, an l a, totally it's an l i'm glad you, i'm glad that was your l it's um it's sad sad for Tua. sad for the dolphins hopefully he can come back i i think that um the play if you are holding two of cards is to hold and then to sell as soon as it's announced that he's going to start a game or as soon as he comes into a game, like immediately list that card, list all your cards for a 99 cent auction, 99 cent auctions work. Like I'm not saying that the card will be, I'm not saying that you'll even lose money on your card by, by giving you the 99 cent auction feedback, but I wouldn't like play around with the buy it now. Best offer thing. I would just be like, as soon as two, as soon as there's an announcement that two is going to start a game, or as soon as he comes in the way Kenny Pickett did off the bench uh, yesterday, I would go ahead and and uh, and move. Yeah, that uh, worked out for you, huh? Right away. So, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Ian, thanks for saying that uh, that is uh, Jeff and not myself. Um, we do love Jeff. Uh, I don't know who listens to him and who doesn't. I think he puts out good content, but uh, I'm not sure that uh, he's um, always looking – for giving the best investment advice so much as I will say that it does seem like he's trying to talk to celebrities who are in sports cards and maybe be a, you know, mini celebrity himself, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with He's a content creator. Good for his business. He's a great content creator. So um, appreciate that. Uh, Okay. My W of the week is my PSA submission. I like to share these on the show because I think it's interesting content to share some transparency around uh, grading submissions, right, Kendall? So I submitted uh, 39 cards to PSA on, I took them to the mailbox on August 1st, but I filled out my form on July 31st, the day that I got back home from the national. And that triggered me the discount, the $18 per card discount. Oh my gosh, bro, you had some grades. So the W of the week are the grades. So I got, Jeez. 24 tens out of 39 cards to that's PSA. awesome and the rest of them were nines so 24... now, now tell tell the people where you pick these up oh yeah so shout out to texas roadshow shop uh at the national i, I picked like 90 percent of these cards were from the national so i made a comment to kendall kendall and i hung out like two days straight it was a great time um and i uh picked up a bunch of these cards with Kendall and I made a bunch of comments to him about how thrilled I was to actually hold cards in my hands because I live in Spain and I don't have the opportunity to actually hold cards in my hands. I'm a, I'm a vaulter uh, at PWCC currently. So uh, holding these cards in my hand, you know, I'm not the best at understanding what's a gem mint versus what's an eight, you know? And so Kendall's much better at that. And uh, Chase Krim is much better than uh, probably both of us at that because uh, he and his brother Cody run Texas Roadshow cards. And so um, I got most of these cards from their booth, not all of them, but the probably the biggest notable card is the 2019 Panini Contenders Jordan Poole Ball at Chest Autograph Premium Edition, uh, which, which Kendall commented to me, We'll have to have Chase on. Uh, he he watches the show in comments often, and he's been a guest on the show before. So um, not sure if he'll come back on as a guest, but if he does, we'll have to ask him about this. But Kendall's guess was was that anything that's sold raw, he probably 
he wouldn't grade, right? In fairness, you said he wouldn't grade. Now that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be a 10, but it's just something that he wouldn't grade. So Kendall and I kind of thought that this Jordan pool would not gem, but it did. So I'll even, take it. Even Krim thought it wouldn't gem. Okay. I didn't know that. So maybe you talked to, I, I, I just, that's, yeah, I that's how you got a discount on it. <laughs> okay. So Krim, I don't know, man. I don't know if it backfired or if this went to some PSA grader that doesn't know what they're doing, but either way, it got a 10. I'm really, I'm really excited about that. So I don't know if this is going to be, you know, I bought it for $300, which was the discount that you alluded to. I think at the time it was going for over $400 raw on eBay. So it was a significant discount. Um, I knew it was a good deal. I didn't think it would gem. None of us did. Now that it did, I think this could be a $1,500, $2,000 card potentially if I sell it at the right time in the right manner in an eBay auction so we'll see but yeah i mean the other play that like I'm, i won't walk you through all of the cards here but the other play generally was that i found cards in the dollar bins base rookies of quarterbacks and even jamar chase but a couple trevor lawrence's a couple justin fields a couple trey lances um and then i even had some some panini hoops that i had opened just cheap blaster boxes of hoops that I had opened. And then I had some Bowman 2022 product that I had opened for fun that Kendall recommended to me as an investment. And I still have seat, uh, three sealed boxes. So basically that's kind Yo, of- Yo, you got a 10 Ellie? That's sick. Two I got of them. Two, two 10 Ellie's. That's awesome. One, one 10 Max Muncy. Uh, the Henry Davis Lava got a nine. But, you know, again, That's just a lot cool. of a couple Julio Rodriguez, not the firsts, but Julio Rodriguez has got tens and he'll sell, right? All my wanders uh, got tens, which, you know, one in here, one Dansby Swanson in here, that's Max's. That's my son Max's. So that's just to keep as a PC thing for him. But uh, yeah, just really excited about the tens. So my, anyway, my play was, I'm going to, I'm going to get these cards thrown into deals. So I'm either going to get them for free or for $1 in a dollar bin. I know that I can submit them for $18. These are all going for between 65 and a hundred dollars. If they nine, I'm basically going to break even. If they gem, I'm going to make 40, 50 bucks. So I think I can sell all these at the right time and um, make the money uh, one at a time on all these. So thanks to Ian. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to Ian for the uh, love on the gem rate. Um, he said he got uh, 20 cards, 17 tens. Nice work, Ian. Yeah, you and I both did well. Uh, I hope yeah, mine says, comes back like that. Yeah, we're hope okay. We're hoping for you too, Kendall. That's uh, that's great. And then Greeny Green, good to see you on the show. Back, my man. Um, yeah, actually, Greeny Green, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly right. That's the other reason why I wanted this to be my W of the week is because super fast return time. Like this is a, uh, this is super encouraging to me. Like the order arrived at PSA at the end of August. It was graded one month later and then shipped the next day. So like this, like a one, essentially what I would consider a one month turnaround time. I was without my cards for two months. So it took, it took them one month to get them entered into the system and then another month to grade them and get them back to me. 39 cards at the, at the July special $18 a card level. That's pretty good com considering where PSA was a year ago. Yeah. I love that. That's super cool.
My, I have, so just to bounce off of that, I sent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different PSA submissions in, in July. And two of them will be arriving today. So um, that'll be fun. And I, and I'm the kind of person who doesn't look at the grades, but like, you know, the email thing that you just opened up, I don't even open it when it says shipped. I'm like, cool. I'll just see it when I rip up in the box, you know? So uh that's patience right there that is we will see i can't do that i'm ready to just look at my grades what about you guys let us know in the comments if you're looking at the grades right away or if you're waiting like kendall does um so my w's of the week are encouraging to see uh, what did that say i plan on sending about 50 cars yeah they do have another deal open right now um pretty great deal actually I think they were so like successful at the turnaround times. And then they were with the amount of people that submitted July deals that now they're just like, yeah, let's just keep cranking out some money. So um, additionally, my uh, W's of the week have to do with sales. Um, I told you guys a million times that Indy Rodriguez is the guy you're going to want to buy. And I stuck with that. I have um, a little under $1,500 invested in Indy Rodriguez, which doesn't sound like a lot compared to some things, but that's over seven different cards. One of which being an out of five, one of which being an out of 25, one of which being out of 50, one of which being a Sapphire Chrome, and then a couple of base autos as well. So like, I mean, I went pretty hard into the exact advice that I was giving you guys. Um, But I decided to, since he peaked this week or or not peaked this week, but since there was like, it's just up and up and to the right with Indy Rodriguez, I said, okay, I'm going to recruit some investment. So in July, when, uh, when he got promoted to double a, I was like, this dude is electric. So I posted on one of my pages who has Indy Rodriguez. I want to buy a a big card because I had a out of five and I had an out of 25, a guy with an out of 50 reached out to me. It was super crisp and clean. And he was like, here you go, man. I'll give you this for 200 bucks. And I was like, okay, that's as much as I bought my out of 25 for a year ago. Um, okay. I still think I'm going to be able to make a decent return on that in the next year or so. Um, okay, let's do it. So I bought it, got it in. It looks so crisp and clean, but honestly it was the one I was the most or least emotionally attached to because I just had bought it. So I bought it right after the national so i have had it for like a couple of months and this week i was able to sell it for 750 bucks yes let's like go from two to 750 to recoup a lot of my initial investment in the indy rodriguez cards and it's up and to the right for him actually just baseball just announced that he is the minor league hitter of the year they just released their new top 100 prospects and he's in the 40s which i believe is just that's a that's a lot of good press for a catcher. So a catcher being in the top 40s is legit. Um, I'm just super excited about this guy. I, I hope a lot of you listened and ended up buying some indie as well. He's my win of the week. Um, he's probably still a buy of the week. No, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I wouldn't buy him right now. I would wait until the offseason, but um, definitely is a good. And then my other W of the week is that Gio Reyna – didn't have such a bad injury as we thought um his last qualify or his last tune-up game for the world cup um he came off in the 30th minute unplanned substitution and he immediately ran to the locker room with a soft tissue injury which is what we've been scared of over and over and over 
Um, so they get in the locker room. It turns out that um, everybody was a little just more nervous than, you know, everybody was more scared about it, including Gio, than they should have been. It's just it, he'll be out a week, um, and he's going to be back playing against, uh, I think I believe Sevilla is his next game, So, um, which is part of his uh, European um, circuit. So, uh, yeah, they um, – they want him. They believe he might be back for the Sevilla game, which is which is fun. So, well, that's good news uh, on the Gio Reyna front. Now I'm out of Gio Reyna, but you will like this. Uh, your other guy, Andy. So my other PSA, my only remaining PSA submission that I haven't gotten back yet is a three card submission. It's already in assembly, and we've got a Andy. Out of four ninety nine, nice uh, prospect. First prospect. Pacheco, love it. I got a Pacheco and a Max Mun- that Max Muncy gold and the Max Muncy gold that I basically bought on the show over the summer in July. That could be a huge submission for you. <laughs> that could be if that Max Muncy gold comes back a ten. Um, yeah, that would be huge. Yeah, we're talking Even party. The, if any, if any of the three of these come back a ten, to be honest, it could be, could be a big day. Do you know what you so, have invested in those cards? Four hundred in the Max Muncy, a hundred in the Pacheco, and I think the Endy was. It was under a hundred. I mean, yeah. it was like I bought it when you told me to. I think sixty. Yeah. yeah. I think. And 60 now his is, base autos are going for like a hundred, ish. Yeah. So this is an out of four ninety nine, um, which I listened to Kendall. So the, basically, the only reason why I wanted to share that is because I did listen to you. You were right. Um, I trust my partner and my co-host enough to uh, to do what he says. So I was excited about that. Um, all right. So on my buy of the week, I've got um, – I this is a little bit of a risk for me because I'm not a hockey card guy. But I did actually update the hockey card rankings at nooffseason.com. Um, and – I'll show my on my screen here what they look like. But the guy that's my... So I did a bunch of research on young guns. And this actually... Feedback came from the audience on this. And, the, and it was really good feedback. We obviously have a really intelligent audience. Thank you to all of you for contributing to the show and for writing in with your feedback, commenting on videos, emailing me, et cetera, tweeting at Kendall and I, at Lefty McKee, at No Offseason Card. We, we want to hear from you. Somebody said, look more into the young guns, because even though it's a base card, it's actually like a really valuable type of a base card. So I did my research. I'd love to know the audience feedback on this, because like I said, this is risky for me to go out on a limb like this, because I'm not, you know, I followed hockey as a kid. I followed it a little bit when I was living in Nashville, went to some uh, some games uh, there, uh, some Preds games, et cetera. But um, Quentin Byfield is the guy that I, I think I like the most out of all of these um, hockey card rankings that I put at nooffseason.com. And I think the Quentin Byfield profile is what I like in terms of him being the number two overall pick in the 2020 draft and basically being this six foot five center. Um, I think I heard someone call him the O'Neill Cruz of hockey. I, I wish I could remember that's funny. Uh, who said that? I want to say it was Tyler on uh, on Card Talk Pod, but I could be wrong. But I see Quentin Byfield's young guns here raw at like 
under 20 bucks. And I just think go out and buy Quentin Byfield Young Guns 2021 raw for 20 bucks if you can get it and then get them graded at PSA. And the, the data did show that it was down 30%. And the data that I look at is from marketmoversapp.com most of the time. And I also look at eBay, you know, and I look at 130 points. So a lot of our data at no offseason comes from 130 point because it covers eBay, PWCC, and MySlabs. And I know Market Movers pulls in from similar data sources. So that's my buy of the week, going out on a limb, going hockey. I don't talk hockey that much, but I felt somewhat prepared to talk a little hockey today. So Quentin Byfield, LA Kings center, six foot five, number two overall pick a couple of years ago. He's my buy of the week. Yeah, I like that. My, my buy of the week is I just put NHL cards because like um, Connor McDavid is low compared to where he was last year. And that's where I've been looking. Uh, my hopes and dreams of buying NHL cards live and die on Connor McDavid cards. Uh, you know, like I, I'm like, OK, I'll buy a Gretzky and then I'll buy a Connor McDavid and I might go a little bit further and buy some of my favorite wild players. Uh, but that's about it. I'm not going to like invest deeply into a sport that I don't understand quite yet, you know? And so uh, I'm not going to um, really dive in further than that, but I do know that I've been watching these young gun cards as well. And that's the insert that people are wanting and looking for. Um, and that's the one that you saw all over the national. When you looked at the um, hockey cars that were moving and, and being set in display cases and things, it was young guns. And so, or, or there was like the higher echelon of like the autos and stuff that were, you know, and they have a lot of yeah impressive And those autos. seem to be super pricey too. Like, yeah, right? like if the I upper deck autos and stuff. you don't know hockey well enough, it's kind of like, ah, be careful with the autos, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like something that I, we wouldn't advise because we're just not there uh, in our own personal like understanding of it. But the Young Gun stuff is the insert to move. Um, if you can, if you can get those and then move them into a PSA, for instance, the uh, PSA tens of that card are going for like 120. And so, I mean, if you could, if you could move those into that, and the PSA nines are coming back for about 40 to 50 bucks. Therefore, you're just getting out of the ones that are the PSA nines, uh, which is, I mean, honestly, that's still a good thing. Sometimes nines can be the exact, almost the exact value of a raw card. So, um, Back when when we started really putting out the show, eights were the equivalent of a raw card, and now it's almost more like you got, especially for super modern, it's like nines or nothing, you know, because the the quality of the cutting. I know there's big issues with it, but we are much different place than we were, you know, even five years ago in terms of the quality of the actual content that's being put out by the the manufacturers. So uh, I mean, there's just less less uh cards that are or there's more cards that are like pretty close to pristine so like the vat you would know you would think that the value of a nine is going to go up because the pop count in that top echelon is is higher so it makes sense um but i put um nhl cards and then i also have seen i saw a uh a um several different joe burrow autos that are down 24 percent Personally, I don't think Joe Barrow is done. And, you know, like he's not done, not this year. And I don't think he's done long term. So I think Joe Burrow is a guy that you're going to want to be invested in in the future. And their Bengals line is horrific right now. Him and Jamar Chase can't link up. <clears throat> Very, I mean, they're 
they're not doing as well as they were previously, but Joe is still Joe Burrow, guys. Like, he's still dicey out there. I mean, like, some of the throws he was making in that Dolphins game were incredible throws, and that Dolphins defense is really good. You know, and so it's just like Joe Burrow, if he's down 24% right now, like, and you're looking for a quarterback to buy into, he might be a good one. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you'll hear us talk about like NFL buying season, NFL selling season. And like, you know, we try to be very specific with like who uh, is the exception to those rules. And so I think like during this NFL season, there are going to be some exceptions to those rules where there's some arbitrage. And I think Joe Burrow is a great example of that. So that's a great call. Greeny Green uh, says Burrow and Chase Price has dipped a bit. Time to buy. I think we're in alignment with that, Greeny Green. I think Kendall and I are both in alignment with that assessment. We're talking about guys that are a little bit more proven than your typical um, flyer, you know? And so I agree. Southern Soccer Idiot has a uh, comment here. Welcome, SSI, to the oh, flagship You got to show us show. first one first. This show us first. A, oh, okay, sorry. Uh, yep, good call. His almost by the week tried to trade a PSA 10 Sapphire Holland for a Leaf one of three, uh, six game-worn patch card featuring Pele, Maradona, Zidane, Zenazine Zidane, Messi, CR7, and Beckham. Couldn't get the guy to bite. Wow, that's a big – that's what where Leaf comes – yeah, that's where <laughs> Leaf has, like, some crazy stuff that's just like, okay, Leaf, I see what you're doing here. Like, Leaf, uh, I don't want anything except for that six-person <laughs> auto of all the goats just in one freaking right. card. Keep scrolling until you see that one. Uh, SSI adds he wasn't into soccer cards and didn't want to trade soccer for soccer. Mm. He valued the card at 800. How long? Wow. Oh, uh, selling over 1k couldn't get him to commit. So, what would you pay for that, Kendall? Like, what I mean, 800? SSI, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like I would. So, SSI, are you saying that uh, he valued the card at 800 and you didn't want to pay 800? That's how I read that, but I just want to make sure. Was I this on like, like a Facebook page or a Twitter page? Or was this uh, on eBay? Let us yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, let, let us know, SSI. Thanks for the comment, man. Good to see you on the flagship show. This this might must be a better time for you on a Monday than our normal, our normal time. So that's good. Um, all right. So my sell of the week is um, any pen pals auto or panini gold standard auto or any new release of a uh 2022 nfl rookie so like the pen pals insert that you will see in um don russ elite uh this is a kenny pickett insert out of don russ elite here that just sold for uh 405 dollars um, you know, other, other good examples of this would be like your, your Desmond Ritters, like a dead, you know, like any of these 2022 rookies, you know, I would not be buying these cards. Um, these are cards that, you know, if you're into a break or if you're, if you, if you love to buy some sealed wax and rip it, a uh, hobby box, and that's, that's exciting entertainment for you. And you pull one of these rookies, quarterbacks or running backs or wide receivers, Brees Hall. Uh, Traylon Burks got injured yesterday, but uh, even like a Garrett Wilson or a Chris Olave. I mean, I would be selling all of these. I would not be buying them. A couple of reasons why, guys. 
Um, you may already know this, but the main reason why it's not that these players aren't going to appreciate it in value. Some of them may like Desmond Ritter. I mean, he could blow up when he, when he finally uh, earns that job over Marcus Mariota and he could be very good, but the problem is that there's going to be other releases, right? So these aren't the releases that are going to appreciate in value. You may have some collectors and some, some people who will PC these, but I think even those people will be smart enough to wait until the price dips on these cards before they buy them. I think. Uh, so I just, but I just would not buy these cards. So those are my sells. Sell now if you come across them. If you can flip them quick, more power to you. I'm not in a position where I can really uh, flip them quick. So that's my my sell of the week, Kendall. Uh, before we get to your sell of the week, we do have an answer from SSI. He was at a show and didn't. Ah, I see. At a show and didn't have the cash. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Been there. Tough one. That's a tough one. All right, Kendall. Who are you selling for sure right now? Um, I have some, you know, not flashy sales. Like it's not like, you know, I'm digging deep to find a guy that's up, you know, a million percent or something like that. Um, guys I sold this week, I did sell an Indy Rodriguez. I sold, I sold a guy named Jordan Diaz, which is an interesting prospect for the A's. Um, he is at one of those Bowman Chrome autos that I bought for $5 and ended up selling it for 28, you know? So it's like not a big, you know, nothing huge excuse me, nothing huge, but I did was able to turn a Jordan Diaz for, um, several X, you know, uh, which is good. That's what you want to do. No matter like if you can pull yourself out of the dollar amount and you can look at the X factor on things that you just want to be turning things for consistently more than you bought them for. That's yeah. the little name of the game here. Um, so I, I was able to sell some, some prospects. Um, not really excited about him. I just knew that he was doing well in his call up for the A's and nothing good is going for the A's. So, you know, I was like, okay, people are probably excited about this one guy who's playing well. So, and they were, and they, and they paid uh Oh, I also talked about that last week where the guy offered me 15 bucks and I couldn't figure out how to lower the, the, yeah. the price on the shipping. Well, I didn't have to lower the price on the shipping. Somebody ended up paying me almost double what he offered me. So, uh, you know, yeah. So up, we get the bid, the bid worked yeah, instead of the, the offer. The, that's yeah, the enough. bids worked more than the offer. I was glad that I didn't, you know, accept his his thing. Um, I'm excited about it. Uh, I shipped it off earlier today already. Um, and but I would say another sell. Um, I, I'm curious about. There is a lot of preseason hype going back into Zion, and I'm like I, that just makes me extremely nervous. Um, but part of me also feels like it's not time to sell him, because yeah. I'm saying if he's if you've held this long. The preseason hype is like he's he's trending up like he's definitely up over the last week, you know, but like if he starts playing well, those first couple of weeks of Pelican games and he's playing well, Zion will be it, everything people are talking about. Yeah. So for once in my career at here at nooffseason.com, do do not sell the hype on Zion right now, because I think. There's a lot of hype going in right now, but I think this is pretty much just your down payment for what you're going to get yeah. uh, in a couple of weeks when he destroys somebody on a dunk because apparently he's looking fit. Apparently he's down a lot, you know, like, so who knows? I'm not a huge Zion guy, but if you've held this long, you might as well hold another couple of weeks. So, um, but I would sell, uh, I think this is the last chance that you're going to get uh, a peak price for Aaron Judge, 
you know, he might not hit 62. And even if he does hit 62, we have seen that like the playoffs end up kind of coming down on some cards because less people are excited about their teams, not in it and stuff like that. So you kind of see it coming down. I think this week is going to be the last week of peak sales for Aaron judge. If you have Aaron judge cards, go ahead and sell them. I actually, what I did, uh, what me and T did um, was we bought a Aaron judge PSA 10 uh, rookie card last week and we're going to sell it this week. So like, we're even going to make it on like a turn on this week. We yeah. hope to sell it for like a couple hundred more than we bought it for last week, which is great. But um, sell Aaron Judge and then sell Albert Pujols. Both of them are hitting massive monikers right now. I ended up getting a free Albert Pujols Bowman Chrome card. It Somebody just sent it to me with a bunch of other cards I bought earlier this year because they're like, Albert Pujols is dead, basically. Well, now that card's <laughs> yeah. worth $45, and so I'm listing that today. So um, be be shrewd guys and don't hold on to your cards I, I it's the only albert pujols rookie card i have but i'd much rather have 45 dollars than a piece of paper that i look at once every 10 years so um there you go that's well said don't be scared to sell you can always buy back in crystallize some profit i agree with the zion take i agree with all of your takes there i agree with the zion take big time um i think that they're going to get him some return stats. Yep. They're going to make him look strong. They're going to they're going to make sure his stat sheets are very very strong and that he appears in the top ESPN top 5 uh and the NBA top 5 highlights. Uh they're going to make I worked in the NBA and I don't know everything that there is to know. But what I do know is that they are going to take every opportunity to make Zion look like the Zion that everybody expected him to be coming out of Duke as the number one pick. He's going to live up to all the hype for the first week of the NBA season. And then you're going to want to sell him just like Kendall said. So what's up Toa. Um, good to see you. Sorry. It's a bad, bad football season to be a Sparty right now. I'm, I'm feeling the pain. Uh, that should have been actually my L of the week, but I'm just kind of too sore to talk about uh, what Mel Tucker's got going on over there, but it's good to see you on the show Toa. Um, so yeah, let's get right into this. Is actually, perfect timing because we got some audience Q and A coming in. I got some already uh, queued up, so we're gonna go straight into audience Q and A. So let's go straight to the question that just came in, uh, which is from a Facebook user. Um, I could look real quick and, and tell who this person is, but let's ask the question before I do that. Sell or hold Hertz and Lamar? Kendall, what do you think about this? Before I go. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're just kicking me while I'm down here. I've been telling you to sell uh, Lamar Jackson for years. It looks like today they're going to have a press conference at three thirty, probably announcing his extension uh, as a as a Raven. Uh, he's probably going to get paid bukus of money. Um, I think that's going to be a ridiculous signing long term. But right now, like for instance, one of my buddies, Peter Apple from Just Baseball, tweeted the other day or texted us the other day. He's like, I think the Ravens are going to beat anybody. And I think they have a chance of winning a Super Bowl. and Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP. And I was like, I don't know, dude, like they, they just can't, their defense is horrible. They're even, their defense is giving up 35 points a game. Well, you ask, why does that, why does that pertain to a Lamar Jackson card? Well, Lamar Jackson cards value is going to go up the longer he's in the playoffs. And I don't think that the Ravens, uh, will be able to get that far if they're able to get there at all. Um, 
which is sad because he's electric, but or he's playing really good. I'm willing to say that I'm willing to back up and be like, okay, I was wrong on Lamar. Paul can have this one. Uh, football's not my sport anyway, so I'll I'll concede. <laughs> but I would hold Lamar. Um, but I might sell Jalen Hurts um, because four no season so far. Um, they're looking really really good. I think it's probably just a matter of time before something weird happens in the Eagles organization. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I don't. I just don't trust the Eagles. So I would. I would um, sell if you've got a, a nice profit share from your uh, from your Hertz buy. Yeah, this is a great question from Jason Miyasaki. So Jason, thanks for the question. Um, good to see you. I'm glad you're on the show, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying the content. And I would, so here's the way I would answer this. You have my permission to sell each of these guys ASAP um, for all of the reasons that Kendall stated. So I, I would for sure sell Hertz. I would consider holding Lamar, but I would be very, very ready to sell Lamar at any time. I just, it's because of what Andy. If and the I announcement today is the extension, I would sell today. I agree. I agree. This is see, this is what Andy and I talk about a lot. And this is what Kendall and I talk about. This is what Andy and Carter talk about on the football card quest. Like the prices go up when this stuff happens and they, and then it, it plummets down when it's not super positive. So like if Lamar comes out, like, so let's say this, this announcement is the extension and you don't sell and he throws for 100 yards and gets sacked six times and only rushes for 60 yards, no touchdowns next week, which can still happen even in an MVP season, the card prices are going to go down, which sucks. So I would, I mean, it's not going to go down a lot because it's Lamar. So I'm, I'm not trying to overreact here, but I'm just saying like, then if he does it again, or if it, then if he doesn't come out and throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, then people are like, what's going on? You know, and, and we saw the Ravens lose to the Bill, the game that they shouldn't have lost. Um, he threw two interceptions. Like, people have a, a really short memory. It's, it's You're only as good as your last at bat, especially in football, which is weird to say because you don't have at bats in football. But you guys know what I mean. Like, And they both so, have pretty big matchups on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's just... The Ravens are going hard, to the man. Bengals. So the, Wrangle, the the Lamar, Joe Burrow next Sunday night. You're going to really know what yeah. the Bengals are made of. Uh, or, or Well, actually, you're going to know what both teams are made of. But then also uh, Jalen Hurts is playing um, Kyler. And so that's like the whole the whole OU narrative there, you know, like all that to go on. And then um, – but uh, that probably benefits Jalen Hurts because I think the Cardinals are the, probably the most overrated team in the NFL. Um, but – Anyway, I mean, NFL's all parody. So it's set up to be the greatest soap opera in the history of the world. It's all parody, which means they, like everything goes back and forth. So Lamar gets hot, Hertz gets hot, and then they're not hot for a while and they get hot again. So if you want to, if you want profit, sell now. If you want to hold because you want these cards throughout the remainder of the season and you're okay losing some profit, then you can hold, but I, I personally would sell both of those guys. I would have had them listed already. Uh, VJ, thanks for jumping in, man. You're at the end of the show, my man, but feel free to get a question in here and then go back and, and uh, watch or listen after for sure. Cause we've already put up some pretty stellar content in this show. If I do say so myself, thanks to Kendall. Um, 
All right, so some other audience questions that I had come in. Matt Esterman uh, asked about uh, just getting back into collecting after a 30-year hiatus. Just found your show, and I'm enjoying it very much. Do you have a show that talks about the different grading companies, comparing cost, turnaround time, and or ROI when going to sell? Um, so that's one question coming in from Matt. He has another one here. Um, we'll get to Greeny Greens also. But let's just give... Kendall, why don't you give a, a brief overview of, of grading? Since I know wildcards, if you uh, if you email sales at wildcardstrading.com, uh, you can get more information on their grading services uh, through PSA. My short answer is PSA, PSA, PSA all the way. But Kendall, do you want to give a little bit more uh, well thought out breakdown than that? Uh, it used to be way harder to be able to defend PSA when all the stuff was going on, when there were cheaper options, when the when the uh, time for, uh, you know, when the what is that? The word escaping me. Basically, the time where you put it in and it comes back to you. That that time used turnaround to turnaround time. Yeah, turnaround time used to be way more, significantly longer for PSA. Um, honestly, PSA, if you're looking for investing, hear me, investing, PSA is the only way you can go unless you have, um, there's a weird sector of soccer cards that, um, that are like equally as valuable or way as much liquid in SGC slabs. And the reason that is, is because when PSA was down SGC was the 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 cheap option or the 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 fast turnaround the probably the most economic option at the time and that's when soccer cards started hitting the the trading system so there's a bunch of nice soccer cards that are traded in SGC slabs so like the the bias of PSA to others in soccer is not as diff, not as drastic as it is in other sports uh, in 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 relation to S SGC, but I would say if you're submitting now, go ahead and submit to, and you plan on submitting more than you know one or two cards. Get the silver membership from PSA and just continue to submit cards at eighteen dollars a a card, and plus shipping and handling and insurance. But when you do that, like we just talked about earlier, Paul's getting them back in like what sixty days, and the turnarounds were all PSA tens, like like everybody loves to hate PSA. They're just a, the beast that we have to work with. This is how our cards are going to get the most value and the most liquidity. And that's what we're really worried about. We're worried about getting your cards from 10 to a hundred dollars and as quickly as possible. And in that little clear case with a red logo, that's how you're going to do it. You can try to BS around some things and try to ask some other questions and be like, well, what if it's a CSG or whatever? I'm just saying those cards sit on tables, all show, and never get looked at. What I'm saying is our goal here at nooffseason.com is can you put it on a table and it does not, you don't have to build a narrative around why that card is valuable. Yeah. And that PSA, <laughs> you never have to build a narrative around. You might have to build a narrative around like if it's an eight or something like that, but that's your own prerogative. But if you're looking at just tens across the board, PSA is the most valuable. Other than that, I would go BGS still. Uh, I'm still I'm I would still say that is probably the the second best um, Beckett grading. And then beyond that, I would just go SGC and then CSG on. But I would do uh, CSG's counterpart. Um, what are they called? C um, 
CGC or something like that. Yeah, CGC. If you're doing Pokemon cards, I would do PSA or CGC. Those tend to be like pretty high, but I I'm kind of out of my depth there. But if you're grading trading cards, not sports cards, then there are different options. But still, PSA slabs are selling in those cards as well. So. Yeah, and um, it's easy to get confused here, Matt, because like as recently as like six months ago, maybe give or take SGC would have been in the discussion for if you want to do a quick flip and it needs to be in a slab in order to execute your plan. SGC would have made a lot of sense because they do, they're doing some turnaround time on the $30 level or even $23 level through a, a bulk submitter. Like I know slab stocks and other companies have like cheap bulk submissions that you can get for lower than $30 they're doing it like in days, like five to seven days, sometimes even at just like the regular level. So I, I still think that could be in play depending on who you are and if you know what you're doing. But like now, today on October 3rd, I would say PSA all the way because uh, they are doing everything. They're doing cheap, fast and quality. They're the number one reseller. You're not gonna have to worry about that. If you need to wait a little bit longer, you're probably going to be okay because it's going to be in a PSA slab. So a little bit longer, meaning maybe a couple extra weeks, I think you're going to be fine. So unless you're really trying to pull off a sophisticated, very quick flip on a lower dollar card, that'd be the only maybe time I would consider anything other than PSA. There are other grading companies. Um, so if you don't care about the resale value, like hockey, KSA, you know, there's, there's, there's all sorts of other things that, you know, collectors might want different slabs for, but then you're not targeting the mass market for investors. So, um, all right, we got some more questions. That was a good one. Yeah, we got some good questions in here. <laughs> got some good questions. We'll go, we'll go in order here. So, um, Greeny Green has a question about QBs. Uh, what is a good QB for investment uh, with room for growth? Uh, Zach Wilson's an interesting one. I agree. I think his price is code rise. He is risky. He's risky, like, because he could tank real fast based on his play on the field. Um, but he and his play on the field lends itself to injury as well. But then he's like catching touchdown passes on trick plays and doing the gritty that doesn't look half bad. So, like, he also, <laughs> I could see him being like actually really having a super high ceiling. So, super risk and reward. I actually really do like Zach Wilson. So that's a good call. Had this been, you know, everything in the last 18 months, other than the last four weeks, I would have said Lamar Jackson 53 times, but now we're at a point where timing is everything. And we just talked about selling Lamar Jackson. So I, I wouldn't go there. I still think Patrick Mahomes honestly is like probably other than Tom Brady, the QB that I would buy that still has room for growth that has, the highest floor like he those two guys are the least risky highest ceiling guys tom brady patrick mahomes um so you know hopefully that helps i don't know kendall do you have anything else you want to add to the qb discussion yeah i i love zach wilson a couple weeks ago i said that i think he was the quarterback in that class that has the most room for growth right now uh basically he tip for jets fans they're just nuts and then you also got the uh the money behind all the hobby in the jets, you know, like you've got the uh, Gary V stuff going on. And if Zach right. Wilson That's is, true. if Zach Wilson's good, those cards are going to fly. 
he's very marketable. He does the gritty. He's going cougar hunting, you know, like (laughs) there's all these stories that are around him. Um, and all he did was show up and beat the Steelers this week and his cards are already rising. So, um, he, he beat a Kenny Pickett team and people thought he was Jesus, you know? So, uh, which is funny. It's a Mormon joke there. Um, but Zach Wilson is just, uh, probably one of my favorite investments in the quarterback class right now. But if you're looking for a cheap option or a cheaper option than that, I would go Desmond Ritter. I think he yeah, gets I like a, I think he gets a great chance this year and I think he'll show out. He's done nothing but prove that he's a great quarterback and Cincinnati was a small school, but he look at where he did. Look what he did with that team. And when you look in the preseason, Ritter had a great preseason with the Falcons. The Falcons have a lot of offensive weapons out there. And Kyle Pitts is literally blocking on every play for Mariota. Can you imagine what he could do with Ritter and Pitts out there just going nuts? So yeah, I, that would I think be awesome. I think Ritter's my choice, my choice for an mm-hmm. investable quarterback right now. I like Zach Wilson, but I would take Ritter's ceiling over that. So, um, yeah, that's my question, or that's my answer. Yeah, and I, I agree with Kendall. I was actually going to say Desmond Ritter, so I'm glad I didn't because uh, Kendall uh, beat me to it, which is great. Um, I would clarify because I did say ten minutes ago that you shouldn't buy like his pen pals card or his gold standard card or any any of the early releases and i think uh it's going to be trickier to invest in desmond ritter i kind of wrote about this in his profile at nooffseason.com basically i think he's a great investment but i don't think you should necessarily buy his cards until a few months after the base don russ comes out because once the base don russ comes out then you have some more investable sets then you have prism that's probably not tracking to come out until the off season, maybe after the NFL draft sometime. So you're, I like Desmond Ritter, but you're not really looking at, unfortunately, any opportunity during his rookie season to actually invest in him. I actually think the best time to buy Desmond Ritter is going to be, this is going to sound really weird, but it's really going to be like November of 2023 because mm. the the runway is going to be like he's going to have investable cards that come out in July and that's NFL hype cycle season, July and August. He's going to have the starting Falcons job at the latest August of 2023 at the very late. He's probably going to have it this year, but at the very latest, he's going to have it potentially that's another hype cycle. Then you're waiting to get through these early NFL season hype cycles until there's a dip in Desmond Ritter cards, then you're buying Desmond Ritter. That's what I think I could be wrong, but I do like him. Um, all right. Joe Max says, uh, sure. You guys covered this in the past somewhere. Actually, we haven't. This is a good question. Other shows have covered this. I won't spend too much time on it because it's not like a super area of expertise for me, the tax implications uh, from buying and selling on eBay. Here's what I'll say from my perspective. Um, eBay uh, has public, it's, it's well documented online that if you, starting in the tax year, beginning with 2022, if you have transactions totaling $600 or more as a seller from eBay, you should receive a 1099K form to report this income to the IRS. That's pretty straightforward in America, in the US, we'll only speak because we're US taxpayers. We can only really speak to that. I'm 
claiming all of my income from my eBay sales, which I think is the right thing to do. Now, I'm not a tax professional, so don't take this as tax advice, but I will tell you, I'm also right or wrong claiming expenses as a business on the cards that I do not sell and losses on the cards that I take a loss on. Because to me and my tax professional, who shall remain nameless, we believe that this is a business like any other business to where you're <laughs> buying, in, you're buying, Why did you're, you say you're buying, I don't know what I made Kendall laugh. I, you're <laughs> buying inventory, right? So if you're an e-commerce store, you're buying inventory, that inventory counts against your cost for your business. So Does your that's tax how I, professional work for the mafia? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to reveal my tax professional is all I mean. All right, let's keep moving because we got a limited time on the show today. Um, all right, what else does Joe Mac say? Off that topic, I do an exceptional amount of lonely walking. He's a postman. Sweet. Your podcasts are Monday. All right. Monday sunshine on the rainy days. Great chemistry. Perfect balance of personal and pastime investment condos. Thank you so much, Joe Mac. That's very nice of you to say. Thanks, really Joe. Appreciate it. Shout um, out to Joe. Shout out, Joe. Welcome to the show, Joe. You're welcome anytime. Um, Lefty, more info on the Andy Rodriguez sale. I'm going to look up who this is on our Facebook group while you answer this question. Um, I don't know what info that you would like other than I sold it in five minutes. So um, there was an interesting story. And if this is who I think it is, it, it's a Jason, reason why. By the way, Jason Miyazaki. Okay. Uh, it's not who I thought he was. But so, Jason, um, there was an interesting story. I reached out to a guy that's on one of the Facebook posts that I see. His name's Tyler Gregory. He sells a ton of Bowman cards, literally tons of Bowman cards. And he was like, hey, I'm buying Bowman. Like, got a lot. Uh, like, hit me up if you have a, a card that you'd like to sell. So I just hit him up and I said, I have an out of 50 indie. I'd love to sell it. The last sold was like 765. I'd love to sell it to, for 700. I know you got to make profit and this card is going to continue to go up. And he said, no, thanks. Uh, I'm closer to like 400 on it uh, just because I, I'm a little bit. I'm fearful of something. I don't know. He was trying to make some excuse that I didn't think was good enough. Uh, and I said, no, I'm not going to sell it for 400. Not even close to that. Actually, I'm not going to even entertain a counter offer. Uh, I'm just going to go post it on eBay. And that's what I told him. So I posted it on eBay for $1,000 out of 50, um, got an offer of 750 bucks within five minutes and press sold. So I told myself that I was going to take anything over 700 and 750 was what he offered me. So um, actually he offered me 700. I countered with 750 um, thinking that he would be able to take, I was okay with 700, but wanted to see if I could get 750 out of it for taxes and stuff for the little fees. Uh, try to get a little more of that back. Um, and uh, yeah, so Very that's cool. the whole story. All I right, love it. it. Bought so, it for 200 bucks. So we're going to go rapid fire on the last questions here because we got to wrap up the show. Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Um, so another question from Matt Easterman, Esterman. He says, uh, How to determine approximate selling price on a graded card based on what I can find at a higher or lower grade? For example, I have a Holland. 2020, 2021 Tops Chrome 
blue Sapphire PSA 8, but can only find nines and tens on eBay sold listings. Trying to find what a good selling price on this would be. The recent purchase uh, is also $18.20 is me. Also, the PSA 8 is a pop 8, whereas PSA 10 is a pop 64, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I'm going to kind of cut this short and just say, Matt, this is a great question. We appreciate it. I think you've done essentially the right sort of process for this. I think that the thing is that eights are going to be significantly lower than, than nines and nines are going to be significantly lower than tens. So you're talking like eights are typically 20 to 30% of what a 10 sells for. And like Kendall kind of said earlier, like eights typically around what a raw, I mean like, Eights used to be what a raw sells for. Now it's kind of nines what a raw sells for. So eight is not a very desirable grade unless it's a very, very rare card. Like definitely this, you know, some F1 cards, some other cards that are, uh, you know, out of like 2020 F1, some other sets like that. Like I know 2021 Prism Football had some issues. So there are going to be some, some exceptions to the rule, but generally ultra modern cards, anything not vintage, an eight is not going to be a very desirable grade. To, to answer the next part of that question, if the PSA eight is a pop eight, but there are 64 tens and 13 nines, as you, as you count on your question, technically the pop count on that is all of those numbers added together. Cause you've got like eight, but there, but there are like 79 cards graded higher. So really the pop count on the eight doesn't really matter at that point. It's the pop count on the eight plus the nine and the 10 you've kind of got working against you. So most of the time, just for the sake of this answer on this particular show, since we're running out of time, is that that is not a very desirable grade, unfortunately. And that's why we're all really hoping for tens, because we even know nines on ultra modern cards. We're going to take a hit on the price, which actually leads in to the um, next question from Southern Soccer Idiot. This is a good one. This is actually a great segue from question to question. Paul, Kendall, do y'all think that a PSA 9 needs a 9.5 grade option? I think so, but get a lot of pushback on that from other more experienced collectors and or investors. Not surprised that you get pushback in this hobby, that's for sure. Um, yes, I do. I think uh, I think PSA could use a 9.5. They've, they've had an 8.5 in the past. Um, I don't know if they've ever had a 9.5, but I think they could use it. I, I really think that that would not hurt anyone, to be honest. Yeah, I think a 9.5 would be a 9.5 would be good considering what I brought up a second ago, but their the print quality is just getting better and better. So, um, you know, I think they're going to continue to have stuff that's close to a 10 and they're going to need to differentiate between what's a 10 and a nine. Yeah. So Toa just kind of adds some of his expertise around grading from his experience. Grading really depends on the timing and the card. I agree. In general, if you have three months, then PSA. If you're trying to catch the hype uh, in season with a month to go and SGC, yeah, that's that's really well said. Uh, kind of what I was trying to articulate as well. Uh, good morning, Eric Stefano. Good to see you. Drop a comment when you watch the video back and we'll holler back at you right away. But we're about to wrap up. Kendall, do you have anything else? you want to add before we wrap up today's show uh i do have a couple of just unique talking or uh, like thinking points to take you into the week tatis chrome base cards are up 100 percent in the past seven days um so clearly the tatis steroid uh stuff is not that big of a deal in the collector's minds they're up 100 percent in the last week 
Um, additionally, Panini news might come out this week that Panini is in fact going to get bought by um, Fanatics, and if so, they're not sure what brands, what companies, which sides. You know, is it just American Panini, etc. So look forward to talk about that in the future. I look forward to talking about that in the future as well. That's very interesting. So we'll wait to see um, what happens with that. We probably won't have a uh, hot take. We'll probably digest it and then come back to you guys with some strategic takes uh, after the fact. So that'll be good. Thanks for the love, everybody. Um, everyone who's commenting, we really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for also adding some knowledge. I'm just kind of showing some additional comments from you guys. Eric says he heard Nat T say they would never do a 9-5. And then we have Jason or another Facebook user. I really enjoy the podcast. Makes my 5 a.m. drive to work enjoyable. This has been fun, guys. This is episode 50 of the Sports Card Strategy Show. We're not stopping anytime soon. We're going to go to 500, I think. Hey, so there we go. Uh, let's go, baby. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. He's Kendall McKee with NoOffSeason.com. Wildcards, box breaks, JustBaseball.com ultimate badasses of everything in the world.com. Love him. <laughs> Everybody, thanks so much. Have a great day. Kendall, I think you have one more thing to say, right? Cue the rock music!